It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. And tip-top of the morning, everybody. It is indeed time to ticket. Welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket for Saturday, August 17th. I am super pumped to be back here with you. This means summer is over and dead, and I could not be more pleased about that. And I make no bones about it. I'm not a big fan of the dog days or the hot August nights. Give me something to cover. And no disrespect to the hoots or gems, but after team meeting 87 between them. I'm ready for something else. The something else is here, and if Mother Nature would cooperate, we're going to get kick-started the phenomenal fall season today. We've got an aggressive schedule planned, both here on the radio with you and on television at KHQA today. Coming up in this show tonight, two wonderful guests for you. Gary Bass is going to join us in just a few minutes to talk some Quincy University football, and I'm telling you, that looks to be a very resurgent football program on the uptick. We'll also talk the reconfigured roster of Quincy High Soccer coming up with Ron Bridal in just a bit. Lots of graduation, lots of question marks as to just where the Blue Devil scoring is going to come from, who's going to play between the pipes. We've got all of those answers coming for you with our good friend Ron Bridal in just a couple of minutes. Hey, again, we are back with you now from now until the end of high school basketball season. It is going to be a glorious run, and I thought I would take this opportunity. Usually in this little block, we're talking about scores. We don't have any of those yet, but I wanted to set the template for the fall ahead. And I wanted to tell you, it looks like a really different fall, and everyone has its own storyline and narrative. But you'll remember last fall, we had some really nice power teams in the area in soccer with Quincy Notre Dame, in softball with Bowling Green. Uh, Bowling Green cross country had a big run. Knox County softball went to state. Obviously, Holy Trinity volleyball is always at state. I think some of the dynamics are going to change. And of course, we had Camp Point Central make its run to Champaign in football. I'm not sure we have that football team this year that really stands out, at least on initial blush. If I had to take a guess who had the best chances, maybe to make a run in football this year. Clark County, after two straight Elite Eight appearances, certainly sets that tempo. I'm not sure that North Shelby, given what the progress they've made in eight-man football and the way things are set up, might not be a team as well. And in Illinois, I'm strangely bewitched by Brown County. I'm not sure that Tom Little's team isn't going to take a step back forward, and those are all things we'll address as the narratives start to unplay in the coming weeks. Obviously, with soccer, Quincy Notre Dame took a huge roster hit. We'll see where the Raiders are, and we're going to talk some Blue Devil soccer here in just a few minutes. I'm not sure that softball is going to be as high notch as it's been. I mean, we come off Bowling Green with back-to-back state championships. I'm not sure that there's that team, but if the pitching comes together, Monroe City, Palmyra, Knox County, all still pretty good teams that might have a chance to make a splash, and you can never discount Canton. Volleyball-wise, again, Holy Trinity. I think Quincy Notre Dame, if everything falls into place, has a pretty darn good chance to make a big splash and maybe make a deep run, and you can't discount Obviously, Menden Unity now with Rich Meyer at the helm of a talented, young but talented program. Coach O has worked his magic before. That's certainly in play as well. Which brings me to the two sports which might have the highest visibility this fall. They may not be the sexiest sports to you, but they could be by the end of this fall. Cross country is absolutely loaded in our area this year. Obviously, with three different state championship contenders, 
uh, on both sides of the river. You've got Delaney Strauss over at Marion County, who won a bunch of state championships already as a freshman last year in track and field. That's a name you're going to hear a lot of. Over on this side of the river, two boys. Ficker Rosen from Quincy High School, albeit entering his sophomore year, running against a tougher slate at the big school level. Miles Shepard at West Hancock might be your most avid best shot at a state championship period in the fall with the way he's run this summer and what he's been able to do in track and field. He's returning for his sophomore season as well. So the cross-country names you're going to hear a lot of over the course of the next, not just this year, but the next two years after that to follow. But I think the real money sport for us this fall is going to be golf. And you can't really avoid it, given the fact that we had three different state runners up individually last year. Two of them return in Emma Thorman at Macomb and obviously Alex McCullough at Quincy Notre Dame. Quincy Notre Dame golf is loaded. They've got a great chance. New coach in play there. Mark Longo has stepped away. So we'll see how that all bears out. Don't sleep on the Macomb boys golf team either, which is a really loaded young squad as well. And the Macomb girls loaded as well. Quincy High School girls have their largest contingent of returning golfers yet, plus some new talent coming in. Lindsey Burry's squad could be incredibly interesting as well, and you've got Ken and Kendrick and Sal Shelby. So that's just a brief synopsis of some of the things to look for as the fall sports narratives shape up, and I want to say this to you as well. I know local college football has been in a downward spiral for the last couple of years after seeing Culver Stockton, Quincy University, and Western Illinois all in person during the course of this summer. I'm telling you, people are sleeping on all three programs. They are significantly upgraded. We're going to get into that with Gary Bass in just a second. But I think we saw an indication of that yesterday as well, with Culver Stockton announcing that their regular season opener would be a freebie. And you're thinking, why is Tom Sally giving away money? I think Tom Sally thinks that if you show up on August 31st for opening night Baker once for free, he's got you as a paying customer for the rest of the season. The Wildcats look to be that upgraded as well. So lots of goodness out there for you to attend. Get out to your local ballparks, your diamonds, your volleyball courts, your track and field, or your cross-country tracks, I should say, more accurately this time of year, and support local kids, because these are the folks who are your future doctors, lawyers, neighbors, community leaders, and your support now may mean the world to them a lifetime later. Okay, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, going to check in with Ron Bridal and get you an expert synopsis of Quincy High Soccer moving forward. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on WTAD. Better bed, less money. Sleep Tight, 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Once again, here's Chris Dewar. Everybody, and thank you for spending some small part of your Saturday with us. Hey, before we get to our first guest, small order of business. I want to remind everybody and let you know that coming up on August 31st at Sleep Tight, we'll be taking the show live on location to the Sleep Tight store at uh, 4535 Broadway. Your chance to join us. We'll have special guests, we'll have snacks, we'll have frivolity. Heck, pandemonium may ensue, but it'll be fun, so we'll see you there. And with that, we're going to go to the phones now and join our good friend, Mr. Ron Bridal from Quincy High Soccer. Ron is currently out there somehow circumnavigating pitcher day for Quincy High Soccer, a big scrimmage this morning, and the weather. Have you cursed the weather yet, Ron? Uh, I don't know if I've done it as much as a photographer in truth. So uh, we're, we're kind of going with the flow, and we're figuring things out this morning. So 
We're just glad to be on the air and be able to talk about the boys this uh, this fall. Well, we're certainly glad to have you aboard, and we kind of need you here because graduation hit you really hard in a number of spots, and we're trying to figure out what the identity of the Quincy High soccer program is going to be. And I'll, I'll just start with this. You lose guys like Higgins, Phillips, Nettleman, and Smith, and those are those are point players. Those are foundational pieces that are, are sort of the face of your franchise. How do you bounce back from that, Ron? You know, I think the, the way that we're going to be able to bounce back is, is just how we did it this summer. We've got a lot of seniors coming back. We've got 16 senior boys. And with that kind of uh, you know, age and maturity, I think that the leadership of the boys and just the experience that we bring back is going to be uh, how we do it. So, obviously, we lost some goals. But I think that what we're going to find is we've got plenty of boys that are willing and able to step up and are going to fill that void. Because, you know, as my mom used to say, when I would ask her how something was going to work, it just is, it just is it has to, you know so there's no alternative I like the fact that I got a chance to watch you a little bit. I was kind of split in time, duty, double duty, back and forth between football and uh, soccer this week. And you have a lot of kids who are really good with the ball at their feet, which is a great starting point for you. And you have some strength in back. And, and I, I know we touched on goal creation. That's something that you said will have to find its way to work. But you do have Bromley Brown, who had, I think, four or five goals last season. Uh, it's just a case of new guys stepping into roles and, and sort of shouldering that responsibility, I would think. And I think that's the way that it works. We've been really blessed over the, the decades that Quincy High Soccer's existed where we're able to reload year after year. You know, so we don't just have Bromley. We've got kids like McKelly, uh, Brian Alexander, Caleb Nicholson, Andrew Vandermaiden, uh, Keaton Hull. We've got a, a ton of boys that are, that are able to step up. And they're boys that have been playing soccer for many years. And for us, you know, we're really blessed to have Quincy United as a, as a feeder program for us. You know, where they're able to take these boys in the off season and able to uh, train them and get them doing the things that, that we love to see them doing when they're not with us. You know, so I think that the void is, is uh, going to be filled just by the part that by the fact that we've got we've got kids that, that are soccer players and have spent a lot of time with the soccer ball and are eager to step up and, and eager to, to fill those shoes that, that were big ones to fill. I want to go nearest and dearest to your heart, you know, Ron, because I want to talk about the situation at Keeper. And you were you are auditioning a number of guys to replace Jake Happel, who turned out to be a really excellent keeper for you. What's that kind of battle look like to this point? You know, it's been awesome to watch. As a goalkeeper, I've really taken a lot of uh, pride in seeing what the boys do. And when I look at what we've got this year and two kids that are really battling for it and a third kid kind of pushing us from behind, and, uh, you know, Grayson Cook, it's been it's been fun, you know. So Frankie Heck and Alex Eckhart have both had a, a terrific preseason. They're both really really solid shot stoppers, and you know, I'm I'm excited to to see what we're going to be able to do in goal this year. It's been it's been a battle. It's been fun, and you know each of them has their own uh, unique kind of identity as a goalkeeper. But uh, they've they've really been fun. It's it's cool to to watch them do their work when they're out on the field. You're kind of my expert on this topic because I, I always go to you when I have questions about that. Is that a position that you platoon, or is that something that, based on sort of an alpha vibe at the back there, that you want to settle on one guy by the time camp's over? You know, uh, I think that it's important uh, to have experience as, as, uh, as a second goalkeeper, but it's probably one of those situations where we're looking for we're looking for a full-time position, you know, and when you take a look at that goalkeeping position and the way that it's evolved over the years, you know, any longer it's, it's a type of position that's not just about shot stopping, but it's about receiving a ball at your feet, being able to switch the, the flow of play and switch the field, you know, so we're looking for a kid that's got 
uh, you know, some consistency there with our back four so that they know and they can kind of expect what the goalkeeper is going to do with the ball when they play it back to them and, and develop that kind of uh, trust in each other. You know, so for us, we're probably looking more for, you know, uh, a starting goalkeeper is, is what we're looking for as a full-time job. Do you consider, Ron, I, I guess I would ask you from the outside looking in, do you consider that back line your outlier strength walking in, or, or what is the outlier strength? You know, I think that what people are going to be surprised by is that we're going to be strong from the back all the way to the front. You know, we, okay. we graduated a lot, but I think that you're going to see that with the experience and the maturity coming back, that we're going to be strong across the board. I'm really happy with what our back four has done at this point. Our midfield, I think, is going to be really, really solid this year. And I think that uh, it's going to be something that turns out to be a strength is, you know, we're, we're continuing to develop it over the course of the next week and a half before our first game. And then I think that we're going to fill that void up top and we've got plenty of boys that are going to step in. You know, so in particular, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, you know, our midfield can do. And there's a number of kids that are in there like Jack Farley, Brady Peter, uh, Carter Bemberlo, Tyler Bemberlo, Brownlee Brown has played some in there. We've got Gavin Higgins. So as I start to name these names and, and Connor Caden, and when I start to name these names, you know, and I look at uh, just needing three midfielders, I'm pretty satisfied with the strength that we're going to have in the middle of the park. Let's talk a little bit about the schedule. And it always feels like, I'm sure for you, that you're working on a short clock. But with the IHSA pushing things back and school starting and everything that's happened, you haven't had the usual amount of time with the kids, I guess, in this session. I know you did during the summer. What was the summer like for you in terms of, I guess, developing a team identity and a cohesion? And and how do you get, I guess, 10 days out to the point that you're actually ready to go? You know, and, and that's, that's certainly a different thing than it was back in, uh, you know, the 90s when we played and, and things with it, it. At this point, we have 25 contact days over the summer, and we played, you know, 10 games. Two against Notre Dame. We played in two tournaments in St. Louis, St. Louis and Burlington. You know, so we were able to uh, discover quite a bit during, you know, those 10 games. In addition to that, we probably trained 14 or 16 times in the summer. So we're able to really look at, at our boys now, even though we've only had uh, four days of practice and this is a fifth day that's, you know, they're consumed by pictures at this point and, and rain. Uh, but we'll get out on the pitch here in a second. But, uh, you know, I think that that really kind of helps. But then, you know, looking at what we have, I think that at this point, after the summer that we had, it's just a, it's just a position where you refine what you have. And that's what we're looking at in the midfield. There are a few things we need to refine. We, we were getting a lot of opportunities to score. We just didn't score a ton in the summer. And it's just refining that and uh, working on some finishing over the course of the next week of practice before we open with Geneseo on August 26th. So, you know, with the way that the IHSA allows us to train in the summer and get in those games and get in those practices, we're really comfortable with where we're at with uh, the kind of short official IHSA preseason that we're allowed. Last one for you, Ron. Give me kind of your snap synopsis of uh, the Western Big Six and kind of where you fit. You know, I think that we're going to be battling for that top spot again. We take a lot of pride in the fact that we've won the conference as many times as we have, and I'm really happy that the boys won the, the last two where I've been uh, in, in charge. You know, so it's awesome to have that history. I look at you know the the teams in our Western Big Six, and they're you know increasing in uh, diversity, and they're also increasing in strength over the course of the last several years. And teams like Moline and Rock Island, uh, UT are, are definitely going to be uh, you know the ones we'll battle against, but. When you take a look at Allman and Galesburg, and those are teams that, that have fielded some really good uh, teams over the course of the last number of years. So I think it could be a strong conference this year, and you know we'd be happy if we could finish on top once again. Well, best of luck to you, Ron. Thanks for joining us, and dodge the raindrops. And please smile pretty for your picture.
Yes, sir. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And when we come back, Gary Bass talks a little Quincy University football with us straight ahead. Getting you ready for a full weekend of sports, it's the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Here's Chris. And welcome back, everybody. I know these are nervous, interesting times in the Bass household, not just because Quincy University football is literally 20 days away from debuting with its football season, but because the Bass family now has a kindergartner. Gary, what's this week been like for you and Mama? Oh, man. It's, uh, it, first off, I can't believe she's already five years old starting kindergarten. Uh, she's actually here with Daddy. We are still in camp, and she's here with Daddy. Went to breakfast this morning, and she's actually going to come out to practice this afternoon. So for me, trying to find a way to be able to be there to see all the cool things for her the first time and make sure we keep Mama happy, which everybody understands, happy wife, happy life, and uh, trying to make sure we balance all that stuff right now. So it's going well. Uh, you've had a really good camp and had a chance to watch you opening day kind of break through. You've had a good summer. You've had a good recruiting period. And I've made the contention that I think local college football at all fronts is on the uptick, but especially for you. And I, I think you talked about it, Gary. You knew you had to address the fact of invigorating your offense. And it looks like in every way you found a way to do that. Are you pleased with how that unit has progressed after you struggled to create points last year? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard because, I mean, I'm an offensive guy at heart. I was the offensive coordinator um, before Coach Padgett had left. And, I mean, offense has always been my, my forte from that end. And offensively, we, had, we, just didn't, we didn't get it in the last couple of years, and uh, we, we had to make some changes and do some things differently. And I know uh, very, very happy with Coach Bearfield, Coach Olson, uh, Coach Gunter, and Coach Benson uh, with the job they're doing offensively right now. I know we had our uh, first full scrimmage last night, uh, and we scored 10 touchdowns on offense. And our, our Brown group, or our starters, and our second group uh, combined to score, I think it was 51 points in the span of about 10 drives. So we're very, very pleased and happy with what we're doing offensively right now uh, as far as how we're able to throw the football, run the football. And that tempo, I think our defense is really, really good. But that tempo yesterday was the first time they got it kind of seen unleashed at them a little bit. And it's, it's not easy to deal with. Yeah, you wanted to exhaust people, and you wanted to win by pace, but I think deep in your heart, you always want to win from offensive line play, and you said this to me, and I, I, and it's no small statement from you, that this is the best offensive line you've had at Quincy University, and it starts there, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, the, the last year I was an offensive line coach and offensive coordinator here, I uh, was one of the best offensive lines I've ever coached in my life, uh, 14 years at Quincy, and we had some physical big dudes that just, they just knew what to do, and they did a great job of establishing the line of scrimmage. Uh, the group we got right now, I feel like we got nine guys that, that really are starters in my mind, guys that are going to play a lot of minutes for us. Uh, we're physical, we're big, we're athletic. Uh, and the crazy thing is we're young. I mean, we've got three of our three top offensive tackles. Um, Amori Hurd's a redshirt freshman. Michael Wheeler's a redshirt freshman. B.J. Wilson's a redshirt sophomore. I mean, you look on the interior, uh, Mitch Carey's only a junior. Max Snell's only a junior. Deontay Graham, another big guy, is only a redshirt freshman. Noah Kaufman's a sophomore. And then Rosenthal's our long senior right now, so other than Austin Ryder. So, I mean, we feel like we've got a lot of quality depth and we've got good leadership. And those guys are doing a good job. The biggest thing I teach offensive linemen, first and foremost, is the mentality. We can talk about all the other stuff we want to, but if we don't establish a mentality up front, uh, it really doesn't matter about the other stuff. 
Your skills are good. You mentioned, you know, obviously Rosendahl back is an all-conference guy. You've got good skills behind it. Uh, Andrew Run seems to have assumed that role. Are you are you reasonably assured that your quarterback situation has settled? Or are you still spinning this thing out, Gary? Well, I definitely think it's always up. I think it's one of those things. Competition is what breeds excellence. For us right now, most of those guys are playing at a very high level. Trey Mosley had a great scrimmage last night, as did Andrew. Uh, completing the ball, making the right checks, making good decisions. And right now, Andrew is our starter. Um, Trey is pushing him. And the good thing for us is we got a problem. I mean, we got two quarterbacks that we feel like right now are, are playing at a high level that can give us an opportunity to win a lot of ball games. And right now, Andrew is the forefront leader of that group right now. Uh, but like I tell everybody else, unfortunately, at any point in time, you better have some depth because it only takes one snap for you to, to be at the next guy. I thought you might, you know, I, I, I here I, I didn't know what to expect from your running back situation, and it looks like that might have been the the most positive surprise, at least when I watched you. I know you wanted to cultivate, you not just wanted to cultivate a legitimate lead back, but you've got great depth there now as well. Yeah, that's probably, to be honest with you, outside of it, I've been pleasantly surprised at how much depth and quality depth we actually have at the position. I mean, Jalen Griffin's a redshirt freshman. He's 6'1", 210 pounds. He's going to be an absolute workhorse. Austin Calhoun, who's back this year after being hurt last year, uh, has had a phenomenal camp. You throw that in with the fact that Darius Rainey, who was a freshman and played for us a lot last year. And then we got two freshmen right now that, I'll be honest with you, they've, they've assumed the ability last night of showing us that, you know what, they may be physically ready to play. And Hezekiah Salter, who's very much like Jalen, who's about 6'1", 6'2", about – 205, 210, and then you got Keenan Haley from Joliet Catholic, who anytime you break Ty Isaac's rushing record at the high school, <laughs> you're a pretty talented running back. So we feel really good about all, all those guys right there for us right now. I think the natural assumption for people is to look at your defense and, and see the, the leading tackler and the GLVC player of the year, you know, exit via graduation and Cody Leonard. You do return a lot, though, defensively, and, and I don't want to call it by committee because you've got transformational pieces in, in Keenan Stiegel and, and obviously Bryce Johnson, who really sets a nice tone for you up front with what he does. But, but there is a group force dynamic to the way you're trying to defend, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing that we've spent time on is pursuit, getting 11 people to the football at all times. And it's funny, it's not touches last night. And we got some tough decisions to make in the next couple of weeks because we feel as if, I mean, you're only allowed to take so many on road games and take 16 conference rules. But, I mean, we've got 10 to 12 defensive linemen that are playing at a very high level. We feel like we've got seven to eight linebackers that are playing at a high level. And I'll be honest with you, our secondary, we've got Stiegel back, DT back, Saron back, OJ back, Nate Reese back, Andrew Stiegel, who's a transfer from Central Missouri. And we've got a lot of pieces. And the back end is everywhere else. I mean, for the next two weeks, we're going to, we're going to really get an opportunity to see exactly who's going to who's going to come to the top. And we got some tough decisions in as a coach and as a head coach, especially. It's nice to have those conversations because it means you've got that much depth and that much competition. And like I said, yesterday you could definitely see the first time that pace kind of taking advantage for our offense. But it's better because our defense line between Norman Oglesby, which is the name you guys are going to hear a lot this year, and Bryce Johnson. They're going to be tough to handle for a lot of people in our conference. 
Indeed they are. Bryce Johnson's arms are as big as my thighs. That that dude is impressive. <laughs> Gary, I wanted to talk yeah. to you about this because local folks are always interested, and you've, you've wanted to construct a roster that was reflective of our area, and you've got a bunch of guys in your two deep who are local, which is what you said you wanted to do. And obviously people know Nathan Cuny is your punter, but, but I think we've seen Adam Hillis from Jacksonville rise. I know you mentioned Mitch Carey, who's in line to maybe start on your offensive line. Uh, Jackson Connell, I know, has made the move to free safety and done some nice things and Jeffrey Smoots in the two deep last I saw on your defensive line as well so you're really getting those local kids and they're starting to produce for you a little bit aren't they yeah I mean the biggest thing I tell people all the time is we got to keep our talent that's in this area here I mean for two reasons one if you're going to sit here and talk about family and Quincy being an area that's family driven for us well we got to keep the talent in this area here we got to make sure these young men are wanting to play football for Quincy University and, and help us in that standpoint the other thing is the, the, those guys you just named are all big physical individuals that can do a lot of really good things for us, and they're guys that we expect to be starters in the future. I mean, a lot of them are young. One of the biggest things to talk to our coaches about is I, I personally recruit everything within an hour radius of here. So for me, it, it's super important because I want everyone to understand that we're going to win. We're going to win a lot of games, and we're going to do it with the guys that are in our backyard. And we're going to make some big plays and always go after those guys. I think when it comes down to it, you got to win. You got to win that way, and you've got to make sure you have people that are not just coming here because of anything, money to do, or this, that, and the other. But those guys that are Jackson Canales, the Mitch Carries, Quincy matters to them, and it, like since they were little. So getting those guys to be here and believe in what we're doing, it just makes it that much nicer whenever we get to the top. Last one for you, Gary. i got about a minute left here, but I, I know you improved by one game last season, and I know you think there's an opportunity to really ratchet that up this season. And it, it may seem silly and outlier to the outside, but what does crowd support and community support mean for your young men when you go out and you open up in a couple of weeks and you have that there to kind of feed into this environment of improvement you've made? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing is it's supporting our kids. Like whenever you go out to a to a game day on a Saturday and, and the stands are packed and you got people that are supporting you, I, I think it just it makes that home that home field advantage that much easier for our guys and. It truly allows them at that point in time to see the support, not just from the, the university, but the, from community as a whole. And that's the biggest thing I tell people all the time, like, why do you like Quincy and why do you like Quincy University so much? It's real simple. It's the people. The people are genuine. The people care. Family matters. And for us, the more people we have here to show that for our young men, the more and more I think you're going to see them play at a high level and do things the right way. Gary Bass, thank you as always. Best of luck to you. Go out and check out a Hawk football game. I guarantee you, you're going to see some fun stuff this season. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. And as always, this is the Saturday Morning Ticket. We'll be right back here with you coming up next Saturday. Thanks, y'all. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.